I'm Elisa. I'm Justine. And we are the Murder, Murder Sisters. Sisters. I took the high, high off. I always do the alto. <laughs> yeah. I'm a second soprano. I don't know I what I am. choir. Anyway. <laughs> moving right <laughs> Enough along. about Enough you. about me. So we are now on episode 12. Yep. It's Feel, big. Feeling good. Mm-hmm. Feeling good. Mm-hmm. And since you're going first today, why don't you tell us what case we're covering? Okay, so today we are covering the disappearance of Brittany Drexel. It's a really just bizarre situation and just, you know, has a lot of media coverage. So you might have heard of it, mm-hmm. but we just want to talk about it today and like yeah bring we it thought it to was, awareness sorry we thought it was an interesting case and we always kind of are intrigued by the unsolved mm-hmm. cases yeah it just blows my mind like how can someone just totally vanish and they can't appear they don't just disappear that's the thing something happened yeah mm-hmm. Okay, so Brittany was born in Rochester, New York in 1991. She was a, oh just my a gosh, baby. A baby. And she was born to Don and John Kayahulu. K-A-H-Y-A-O-H-L-U. I wouldn't even attempt that. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I'm proud of you for trying. <laughs> so... They, her parents weren't like together when she was born. Mm-hmm. And actually, Dawn married a man named Chad Drexel. And shortly after Brittany was born, he adopted her. So basically, it, Chad, Chad, is, Chad her dad. is her dad. Yeah. Um, in 2008, Chad and Dawn separated and they had a like really strong marriage. And then in 2008, like some stuff happens. Do. Yeah. But it it was really devastating on Brittany. It affected her academics. And she actually, like, had a history of depression. And so it kind of re-engaged, I guess. triggered like, that. The depression thing, yeah. Okay. But that makes sense. Totally. Yeah, I get it. A divorce is never easy on anyone, including the kids. Mm-hmm. Especially, well, not especially, but, like, when you're old enough and you've experienced the family life yeah and, you know it's just, like it's one thing if your parents just divorce and you're like one yeah versus getting a divorce when you're like 15 yeah mm-hmm. it yeah it really upset her but she lived with her mom and stayed in close contact with chad in april 2009 Brittany asked her mom if she could spend spring break in myrtle beach with her friends, new friends. Her that mom, would be a hard no. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, and I think I were her mom. It was like pretty far. Like a yeah, good... well, they're in Rochester, New York, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Rochester, New York to Myrtle Beach. That's not. Yeah, close. It's, <laughs> it's like a trip. Yeah. So Dawn said, obviously, because she didn't know the friends. It was like these new. Yeah, new girls, new friends, new kids, and the there were no adults around. So Don said, "Like, no, sorry." Mm-hmm. And um, it caused a little riff as, as yeah. that happens. And um, so Brittany asked her mom, "Can I just stay the night at a friend's instead?" Mm-hmm. We all know this. Yeah, yeah. nice and, move, Brittany. Yeah, her mom's like, "Of course, you know, yes, we can agree on that compromise." Mm-hmm. Well. Brittany just 
took off with these new girls and left for South Carolina. These new, like, I don't know, just like random girls, I guess. That she, yeah. Uh-huh. From the sounds of it. Yeah. And uh, so three days later, after Brittany went to a friend's or quote unquote, yeah, she really went to Myrtle Beach. She called her mom saying, I'm at the beach. And so her mom thought she was at a, a local beach. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So she just like didn't think anything of it. And while Brittany was there in Myrtle Beach, she met up with a friend. She had a couple friends, like other friends there. And she was starting, she had a boyfriend also, and she was starting to feel like isolated from the, the girls were like leaving from, her out. Or, yeah. Kind of. She was odd man out with the group. Yeah. Like, let's invite you and then like not hang out with you. you out and like make you uncomfortable. Yeah. Basically. And then at that point, she was basically stuck there. Yeah. And um, so while Brittany was on her way to see a friend named Peter at Blue Water Resort, she was texting with her boyfriend saying she, you know, wasn't having a good time and the friends were just like not treating her well and she was planning on packing up her stuff and leaving the next day. Once Brittany was in Peter's hotel room, she received a text from one of the friends and the friend said, you have my white pair of shorts I need them now like right away so Brittany begrudgingly left for the Bar Harbor Hotel where she was staying like Mm -hmm. the the place so she left Blue Water to go to Bar Harbor Mm -hmm. okay and she was texting with her boyfriend still and then all of a sudden her boyfriend noticed that she stopped texting around Mm -hmm. 9 p.m. okay and that's I'll pick it up from there. So like Justine said, at 9 p.m. on Saturday, April uh, April 25th, 2009, John, who's Brittany's boyfriend, had stopped receiving text messages from Brittany while she was walking back to her hotel room and she was by herself. Like Justine also said, she was returning the shorts to the supposed friend. John had been trying to reach Brittany via text message for a while after that, but he wasn't getting any response from her. So his next move was to threaten to tell Brittany's mom that she was 14 hours away in Myrtle Beach. Thinking Which is good. Yeah. I, yeah. He was thinking that might, like, if she was ignoring him for some reason, that might make her not ignore him and, like, respond back so that he knew she was okay. But unfortunately, Brittany did not respond. So after not receiving any response from Brittany, John did, in fact, follow through with that threat, and he called Brittany's mom. And he called Dawn and let her know that, you know, Brittany had lied to her about staying at her friend's house. And she was actually 14 hours away in Myrtle Beach at that point. And after not being able to reach Brittany herself, Dawn made a call to the Rochester Police Department to try and file a missing persons report. However, they weren't able to do that since it wasn't in their jurisdiction. So, so Rochester Police Department can't do anything because she went missing in Myrtle Beach. hours away, yeah. Yeah, which totally makes sense. That's normal standard. So after that, Dawn called one of Brittany's friends that was living in North Carolina. And after speaking with her and letting her know what was going on, the friend agreed to drive to Myrtle Beach that night to file the missing persons report for 
dawn. Oh, wow. In Myrtle Beach. Okay. So they, I mean, immediately acted. Af- yeah. Yes. There was no question about whether, you know, oh, she might just be, her phone might be dead or well, let's wait like a couple she's days. just having fun. And, yeah. Like yeah. Dawn immediately. And good, and the good on John for telling Dawn mm-hmm. yeah. about her, you know, because who knows what would have, I mean, the case could have stalled so much more if yeah. John didn't make that call. If he was like, oh, she'll get mad at me. Yeah. And, but he cared yeah. more about her safety than, you know. And and just to be clear, John couldn't attend the Myrtle Beach trip because he had a job that he needed to do here. Mm-hmm. Like he couldn't get time off. So the following morning, Don, John, Brittany's grandparents and two of Brittany's friends all packed into the car and made the drive to Myrtle Beach to begin their search for Brittany. While her adoptive father, Chad, stayed in Rochester to look after Brittany's siblings. So Brittany had a little brother and a little sister that she was very, very close to. That's just kind of a side note. The entire drive to Myrtle Beach, Dawn couldn't stop thinking about like what could have happened to Brittany, whether she was in danger, whether she was hurt. I can't imagine all oh of the horrible, horrible things that yeah. were going through her mind on that 14 hour drive. Ugh. But I'm sure she was a mess and just completely stressed out the whole entire time. Yeah. Because when you're driving there, there's literally nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. I mean, once you get to Myrtle Beach, you can at least start searching and, yeah. you know, feel like you're doing something to help find your daughter. But until then, it's just a waiting game. Ugh. So on April 26th, 2009, after Brittany had been missing for approximately 12 hours, the police search for Brittany began. And this was while her family and friends and her boyfriend were still on the road to Myrtle Beach. And this search right off the bat was very extensive. Police searched her last known whereabouts, obviously. They searched beaches and just the general vicinity of where she had been hanging out. And they got no sign of Brittany. They also spoke with the friends, the supposed friends, that Brittany had traveled to Myrtle Beach with. But they said they hadn't heard from Brittany, didn't know where she was, couldn't help. So the investigation kind of took a turn once Dawn arrived and she began speaking with police. And I say that it took a turn because it seemed like at the beginning they were searching for her as a missing person. But when Dawn got there, they were kind of dropping hints that they thought that she may have ran away. Oh, what? Just because. And I get it because just from their perspective. OK, Brittany lied to her mom and drove 14 hours away, which could be, you know, that could be considered running away. So Brittany but Brittany was also in contact with her boyfriend the entire time. And I feel like if she were to run away, she would, you know, cut yeah. contact off yeah. with people. So for me, I this was not even an option. But I see why police had to at least explore it and ask Brittany's mom about it. Brittany's mom also mentioned the fact that Brittany was going to be turning 18 soon. And she had been looking at colleges to attend. So that also wouldn't fit with the runaway theory. Mm -hmm. And one of Brittany's friends, her name was Tara, and she was actually part of the search. She went down with Dawn and everyone else to search for Brittany. She had said that Brittany loved her younger brother and sister, and she loved them too much to leave them, especially without saying goodbye to them. Mm -hmm. Um, Which says a lot. Yeah. So even though there was no signs that Brittany had, 
like, okay, so according to the police, there were no signs that Brittany had been doing any heavy drinking while she was in Myrtle Beach. Police also thought that, okay, if she didn't run away, she could just be a missing partying kid. Yeah, and you know? I get that. Because I guess, well, Kinda. obviously, it's investigators said that kids go missing and show back up after a couple days during spring break. This is super common for them. And so it was just something that was that happened so often that they were kind of thinking like that might be the case with Brittany if she didn't run away. She was just even though they did say there was no sign that she was like heavy drinking or anything like that. Hmm. So the following day, the investigators receive a lead regarding Peter, the one that Justine had mentioned. And that was the kid that Brittany had been hanging out with the night prior. And according to, I don't know, a witness, they called in a tip. They said that the night prior, like, sorry, <laughs> five hours after Brittany had disappeared. So it was that same night that him and his friends that he had gone to Myrtle Beach with like left suddenly they left clothing in the room and they didn't check out and Peter quickly obtained an attorney once officers tried to speak with him oh so I mean obviously to a lot of people that's a red flag but he did cooperate with police and he told them that the reason why he had to leave so abruptly was because one of his friend's moms was demanding that the friend return home immediately okay. it was like get home i get now. that i totally yeah. get that uh -huh. like, dude no lolly no, gagging like, yeah. just get home dude, now we have to run out. although you'd think if they were like drinking then the mom would be like i don't know it kind of seemed like the kids were not like drinking partiers a lot. yeah mm -hmm. for whatever reason i mean i I guess they were just literally going there to hang out. But Peter also told police that Brittany had left the Blue Water Resort shortly after she had arrived. And this story was confirmed through uh, traffic camera footage as well as hotel footage from the Blue Water Resort, which is where Peter was staying. Okay. Brittany was seen on a traffic camera at 8.15 p.m. And she was texting and walking towards the Blue Water Resort to meet up with Peter. And according to Peter... Justine had already mentioned this, but Brittany had left shortly after arriving to the Blue Water Resort because she had received that text from the friend requesting that she bring her shorts back. And Peter's story was verified using video footage from the Blue Water Hotel, which showed Brittany leaving the hotel by herself at around 8.48 p.m. and heading towards her to hotel. So based on police estimation, it should have taken Brittany 15 minutes to reach the same traffic camera that had caught her on her walk to the Blue Water, if that makes sense. Yeah, I get it. Okay. So they were kind of looking around that time at the traffic cam footage to kind of catch her and see, you know, mm -hmm. at what time. But she never showed up on that footage. Huh. So sometime between leaving the Blue Water Resort at 8.48 p.m. and 9.03 p.m., which is when 15 minutes later when she should have showed up on that traffic camera, she disappeared. Wow. Just huh. disappeared. Yeah. Police had continued their search, but they didn't have any leads from there. Aside from Brittany's cell phone records, which showed that her last known location, based on the records placed her an hour away in a pretty, like, I, I guess they said it was unwelcoming. Oh, An unwelcoming what? area. So Ooh. one of the last text messages that she had sent to John was at 8.58 p.m. 
So 10 minutes after leaving the Blue Water Resort to head back to her hotel. So they were able to narrow that timeline down even more. Brittany had sent John a text saying that she was staying and packing and going to sleep once she reached her hotel. And John responds asking like, why babe? Or something like that. And then she never responds back. There are no more outbound messages from her phone at that point after. After not being able to reach her, John had the friends that she was with call her, which also showed up on the call records. And it actually allowed the phone to ping on cell towers every time that a call came in. Oh, okay. So they were able to track the travel of at least her cell phone. And those cell tower records showed that Brittany's phone had been pinging on cell towers that were heading south on Route 17, which was in the opposite direction of Brittany's hotel. The area that her phone was last pinged in was called Surfside Beach. And that's approximately, they said, a two-hour walk and a 15-minute drive from Myrtle Beach. What? So the phone was clearly showing that she, or at least her phone, were definitely traveling traveling in a vehicle due yeah. to the speed at which the cell phone towers were being pinged. And three hours after the last text message was sent to John's phone, her phone pings for one last time in a location that is two counties away from Myrtle Beach and over 50 miles south of Myrtle Beach. And it was near a county called Georgetown. The area is isolated to say the least it's rural and it's known only really by the locals and fishermen the area is surrounded by water and so police started their search for her in that location obviously they started in the central location of where the cell tower was and then kind of branched out from there and the terrain that they were searching in was awful They said there were alligators, there were wild hogs, there were snakes, there were biting insects. Holy shit. I mean, crap. It was just a really rough area, especially to be conducting a search like they were. And just based on that information alone, I think the immediate thought that comes to mind would be that she was abducted and unfortunately dumped in that final location. Yeah. Yeah. She may have been disposed of in the water where the alligators are. Which, you know, it's horrible to think about and really sad, but it it makes sense, you know, and it's something to consider. She So you think like she was leaving the hotel and just and got somebody sn- picked her up just or something. immediately or maybe it could have even been as simple as she, like she got offered a ride and accepted it. Yeah. But who knows? I don't know. After searching intensely for over a week, the police, they had volunteers and they had dogs And okay, so something they mentioned was they had to have like extra, I think they said guns to protect the dogs that were searching. So because it was so rough, there were like wild hogs and alligators. So they had to protect the dogs that were doing the searches as well. So it was, like I said, very rough, but they had found absolutely no sign of Brittany there after that week of searching. And they knew with that rough terrain and the horrible conditions with like the wild animals and all of that, that she wouldn't have survived on her own for very long. And that's only her cell phone that's tracked there. Yeah, but they were thinking like if she were left in this location, there's no way. And if she was left alive, she would have been got like something would have got her, whether it be a snake, alligator, wild hog, something. The elements or animals. Yeah. 
Eventually, her friends and family had to return home, and they had to return without Brittany, which was heartbreaking for all of them. Her friend Tara, who I said, I spoke about her earlier, and she was actually there searching. She said that when she returned home, Brittany's little brother said to her, I thought you were bringing Brit Brit home. And she said it was so hard to have to tell him, I, you know, she's not with me. I didn't bring her home, and I don't know where she is. Oh, that's... Yeah, she said it was really, really hard. And after eight months of nothing, like no leads, no updates, police received a tip that gave gave them information about searching a swampy area that was located just north of the area that her cell phone had last pinged. And during the search, a pair of sunglasses were found that were believed to be Britney's, but they tested it for DNA. It had no DNA on it. Her mom said it could have, they could have been hers, but all of her friends and her boyfriend said those were not her glasses. Okay. Yeah. So that was just another false lead. Police did say that they had a few persons of interest and that they were approaching this case as a murder and not a missing persons case. However, they aren't ready to make any arrests and are not willing to share information regarding the suspects that they are currently focusing on. And Brittany's mom said that she thinks that it might be a case where she had been trafficked, but police don't believe that. They said human trafficking is not something common in that area, especially the location that she was at. It's not something they have to deal with there. Mm -hmm. So they really didn't think that trafficking was really an option. It seems like a crime of opportunity yeah I mean I don't even know it's so odd but seven years after Brittany went missing an FBI agent by the name of Jarek Munez I hope I'm saying that right he testified in federal court that he had received information from a jailhouse informant named Taquan Brown regarding the murder of Brittany and according to that informant a man by the name of Timothy Deshaun Taylor along with a few other men had sexually assaulted Brittany in a stash house in McClellanville, which is 50 miles south of Myrtle Beach. He went on to say that he had actually seen Brittany on multiple occasions and that she had been killed a month after she had disappeared. Apparently, Brittany had tried to escape and she got outside of the stash house, but the people that were holding her there caught up to her, dragged her back into the stash house. They pistol whipped her and then shot her and dumped her body in what just what the informant referred to as a gator pit. So Timothy Deshaun Taylor has obviously been questioned about this involvement, his involvement in Brittany's disappearance. He maintains his innocence and says that he has nothing to do with her disappearance. But, you know, I don't know. It seems like a really detailed thing to, yeah. Just make up. Yeah. And And I don't know if the informant, like, was receiving any break from providing information. You know, the thing with informants is there's always a chance that they're lying to get some sort of leeway on their own sentencing. The only... I mean, kind of thing you can trust is if they aren't actually like using it to. Yeah. Get. But it's always it's like, you know, they're criminals. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, a criminal is dishonest. Did they test the stash house or is that? I don't know. I have no idea. 
I didn't I wasn't really able to find much else about the stash house in terms of like an investigation and who knows I mentioned earlier that police said they have people of interest and they have suspects but they don't have enough you know evidence to Mm. pull the trigger on arresting people so who knows it might be these guys it might be these these people and they're just like waiting for one of them to crack or you know they just don't have enough yet but when asked how she felt about hearing the information about Brittany being sexually assaulted yeah. and pistol whipped and then thrown into a gator pit. Brittany's mom, Dawn, said, my heart just broke because Brittany didn't deserve this. Oh, so God, yeah. It, it kind of, it sounds like Dawn truly believes the story and she believes that Brittany was in fact murdered, mm-hmm. which is horrible and sad for a mother to have to come to terms with. And the fact that her, you know, daughter is not coming home. She doesn't have at least her remains to bury. It's just really sad. But it came across to me like Dawn had kind of come to terms with the fact that, like, Brittany was not coming home. Yeah. Which sometimes parents have that reaction when a child goes missing. And then sometimes they have the complete opposite where it's like, unless I find her body, mm-hmm. she's still alive to me. Yeah. Yeah. That would be really hard, especially. Oh yeah. And this is, I guess that's pretty much the end of this case. I'm sure there's going to be updates in it soon. Because or hopefully soon, just because I feel like the police have at least people that they're going after. Yeah. So I think it's just a matter of time. There's pressure, like public yeah. pressure. This is a known case. and Yeah. And, you know, so hopefully it gets solved soon. And hopefully Brittany's family has answers. And this was kind of a downer case. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not that all of them aren't, but this one yeah. was like especially kind of like, ugh you know yeah and really it sounds so cheesy but just be honest with your parents I guess I don't know yeah I mean we've all done it though but most tell your friend go okay if you're gonna go 14 hours away go with your real friends real friends yeah not those like skate girls girls you just met Mm -hmm. that don't like I don't know what their intention was who knows yeah we don't know because that also wasn't I mean they were underage so you know Mm -hmm. we didn't get a lot of information about them either but yeah yeah don't travel 14 hours away with people you barely know yeah and if you do and you find that they're not the people that you thought they were call your mom yep yeah I mean if she would have called her mom and said look mom I'm so sorry I lied to you come pick me up I'm sure her mom would have been pissed out of her mind. But. But, yeah, she would have at least been home and safe. But I'm not, like, victim blaming at all. No, 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 no. Of course not. I think Brittany unknowingly put herself in a really bad position and didn't know how to get out of it. She seemed responsible, but. I think she just wanted to have fun and wanted to hang out with, you know. Just, it's, ugh. It's just all horrible. (laughs) So. Yeah, that concludes episode 12. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, guys. And then, again, we always ask if you want to write into us, suggest any cases you want us to cover, let us know about, like, any hometown murders that you know about or disappearances. 
please do so by writing to us at murdersisterspod at gmail.com. So that's murdersisterspod at gmail.com. And until next time. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.